Hello and welcome to the Legacy Church Podcast. We hope that today's message will inspire you to grow in your journey of faith. We believe that hope is for everyone. So, no matter where you find yourself on your journey of faith, we believe Jesus is willing to meet you right where you're at. So again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Come on, Legacy Church, how we doing? Well, hey, the presence of God is awesome in this place. You know, um, the psalmist said, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. And so the inference there is that we should at least attempt to match the greatness of our God with the greatness of our praise. So it it would be like if if we've got an okay God, we should give an okay praise. We've got a so-so God, let's give a so-so praise. But come on, somebody, if you know you've got a great God, can we spend like 17 seconds, come on, and say, great are you, Lord, and greatly to be praised. Oh, we lift you up. We give you praise. Awesome God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, there is nothing like the presence of God that falls on a worshiping people. And Jesus is here, which means every impossibility has no choice but to bow. And I found out that when God walks in, sickness has to walk out. And when God walks in, depression has to walk out. And when God walks in, come on, anxiety has to walk out. Um, I, I can't wait uh, to preach today. I've been excited about this moment. Um, let's, let's get into it. But before we do, um, tell, tell somebody around you real quick, thanks, thanks for blessing me in worship. I didn't know you could sing like that. It was just beautiful. And it, it's okay to lie in church every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while it's okay to lie in church if, if that wasn't the case it, it's it's so cool to meet you and um, I've got to I've got to meet several of you face to face but I'm absolutely honored to contribute uh, something to what God is already so powerfully doing here uh, in and through Legacy Church and um, I, I come to you from North Idaho so we, we're all in the same state we're just we're, we're up in, in the, what they call it the panhandle, so I guess now we're in the pan. I don't know. But uh, we're from the north, and uh, as uh, Pastor Tony said, my wife and I get a pastor church called The Cause, and we have been experiencing really a move of God. And I don't say that lightly, but um, I, I'd love for you to find us on Instagram or find me or whatever, and, and we so appreciate your prayers. And, and if you ever are up in that area, uh, drop by, see us. We've got a big neon uh, sign that you can't miss that says no lost cause right there. And uh, I think I think we have a picture of my family. Um, it, yeah, all right, there it is. And um, so that, that's the whole crew right there. Uh, our kids, uh, our kids have been getting married. Our older girls, both our older girls on either side there, Aubrey and Victory, those are their uh, fairly pretty much brand new husband so our, our family's been growing and then my wife there in the middle that's Lux our grandkid so um, and you're saying to yourself how how are you old enough you look 27 it's the anointing of God it's the blessing of God on my life what can I say and um, and then of course Reeve there and then Jude is with me uh, in person today and uh, I, 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 he's got a great call of God on his life, a young man of God, and he wanted to roll on a preaching trip with dad, so he's here, 
And uh, so, you know, if, if you need prayer, so I'm just have Jude lay hands on you. You're gonna be you're gonna be set free. All right. So, um, so so that's the family. And um, you know, I, I'll tell you what. Um, I want to say that your pastors are incredible. Uh, not not only are they um, dear friends of, of mine, but uh, they're anointed. They're called, they're perfectly fit for the assignment that God has given them in this city, building this great church. And I just want to let you know, they love you so much. They can't shut up about you. They love you. They care for you. They're the real deal. And let me say this. If you've been looking for a church, look no further. You are in the right place at the right time. You ought ought to show up and and not just to, to get something, but to give something. Um, not not just to sort of you know consume and, and but but to contribute yeah. to, to show up and, and to serve and to raise a hand and say I'm in and you know the fact of the matter is this God will entrust the vision to pastors yes. but God entrusts the pace of that vision to people yeah. and, and, and so you decide the pace how how quick are we going to get into the destiny that God has for us and so it's giving of your time and your talent and your treasure and pouring out and uh, I just want to say I'm really thankful for your friendship and you're inspiring us all the way up in North Idaho with what God is doing so thank you for your yes Uh, legacy before I preach can we clap our hands and honor our pastors today come on we love you Tony and Sophia amen amen come on uh, let's pray Uh, Lord, I I thank you for the moments that we share now. I thank you for great and precious promises. I I thank you for the fact that we can sense and feel and encounter your presence. I thank you that in a moment, everything can change. One meeting with you, one interview with you. God, everything can change. God, I don't know what everybody came in with, but I know this. We can come in one way and we can leave a different way. So we call this holy ground. And Holy Spirit, I pray, would you have your awesome way. God, thanks that we don't have to wait for nothing. It's available right now. Whatever we need, God, you are not just enough, but you are more than enough. We trust you. We believe you. We pray in your holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you have a Bible, reach for it. And uh, I'm going to be reading from my favorite version of the Bible today, the NIV, the North Idaho version. Come on, somebody. And uh, let's go all the way back to Genesis. And uh, if you can't find Genesis, make sure you get somebody to pray for you after the service because you're in trouble. Genesis 32. Uh, You don't know me. I don't know if I can joke like that yet. All right. Okay. Genesis 32, uh, verse 22. I'm going to read several verses. And then um, let's see what God has for us today. Uh, It says this. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives... Uh, his two fam- females, and, and by the way, if, if you're new to the Bible and you're like, hold up, two wives, um, Old Testament, uh, some have called it God's permissive will, but I'll, I'll let your pastor sort that out with you later if you have questions, all right? Took his two female servants and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions, so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. 
Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Let's conclude our reading there uh, today. And I want to make an announcement and a faith declaration. And really, I want to prophesy over somebody's life today. And I came to tell you, I came all the way from Coeur d'Alene, all the way to Southern Idaho, all the way to Meridian. I want to say, boy, this is Meridian. This is Meridian. Come on, baby. And, and I want to announce over your life, your running days are done. Your running days are done. What, what's important to know about Jacob, this Old Testament figure, is, is that Jacob was a person that, that spent years and, and really the better part of a lifetime running, on the run. And, and I don't mean that Jacob was training for a marathon. I, I don't think that the, the phrase, I run for fun, would have made much sense to a, a Bible character. Come on. I, I saw your pastor likes to run. I, I don't get you in that. I, I, I mean, you run. God bless you. I'm, I'm going to eat carbs and watch Netflix. God bless me. Um, <laughs> but, 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 but what I mean is that Jacob had spent years running in, in and of course, more the metaphorical sense, in the emotional sense, on the run. Jacob was always running after a blessing, uh, running after something more, a running after something that seemed to be missing. And, and to read a bit through the lines of the text, it seems like in all that running, Jacob was just more miserable. Uh, so Jacob was running after something more. And then later, Jacob would be running away from something or, or someone, uh, running from a mess, running from fears, running from trouble, from the past. And it seems as though Jacob was always on the run. Jacob was, give you a little Bible context, Jacob was born as a twin. And Genesis 25 tells us that when Jacob was born, Esau, uh, you know, came out ahead of Jacob, but Jacob grabbed for Esau's heel right out of the womb. So they named him Jacob, which actually means heel grabber. And that's the Hebrew way of saying deceiver or, or liar, supplanter. And, and in their world, a name wasn't just a name, but it was actually prophetic. It would speak over who the person was. It wasn't just a birth certificate or a social security card. It was actually a prophecy about their life. And so it seems as though even from the womb, Jacob was grabbing for something greater, something more. Uh, already at birth, already had the spirit that was saying, what I have isn't quite enough because during these days the blessing the birthright went to the oldest so the blessing was to be conferred on Esau and not Jacob so Jacob just came right out of the womb feeling like I'm missing something that everybody else seems to have they grow uh, up a bit and their father Isaac is is old and is about to die and, and the Bible tells us is almost completely Blind, And so Jacob waits until Esau is out hunting uh, and, and, and tricks their father and brings in some food. And, and, and when the father asks, well, who is that there? Jacob, watch this. Jacob lies and says, it's me, Esau. I want you to take note of that. It's going to make more sense in a minute for what I believe God has for you. Jacob lies. When, when asked, what's your name? Jacob says, it's me, Esau. So, so this is now the same old Jacob, lying, deceiving, grabbing. 
wanting what belongs to everybody else, essentially living up to that name given at birth. Now, the Bible tells us that Esau was hairy. So hairy, in fact, that to trick Isaac, Jacob had to put goat's hair all over his, his own body. Like, how hairy do you have to be? Come on. To, to like, go, like goat's hair is going to do, I, I'm picturing Chewbacca. Esau was hairy. And, and so what happens is Isaac blesses Jacob, thinking it's Esau, and Jacob successfully steals Esau's blessing. The problem is that now Esau is angry and is out to kill Jacob. So, so you might have guessed it, Jacob goes on the run. But really, Jacob has always been running. Running after more, running after what he thought everybody else had, running after a birthright, running after a blessing. So here's a question for you, Legacy Church, today. What have you been running after? Maybe you've been running after the right relationship because it somehow feels like it's going to fuel that place in you that's empty or Maybe you're running after a little more income so you can finally afford some more square footage because you kind of have assumed that more square footage is going to fix what seems to be broken on the inside. Maybe running after notoriety and, and kind of building up all of that and thinking what matters is the perceptions of people, but, but then finding out what they think about you isn't going to change what you think about you. So what have you been running after? But... But not only was Jacob running after something, pretty soon Jacob was running away from something. You ever feel like you're surrounded by threats on every side? Esau was out for revenge. Been running after something, but now I'm running away from something. My past, my mistakes, my, come on, my Capital One credit card statement, anybody? like My, my, my responsibilities deep down that I don't know that I can meet. So, so here's the other part of the same question. What, what are you running after now? Now, what are you running away from? Be, because we run away from issues in our family. We, we run away. Sometimes we try and run away from our own genetics. We run away from our past. We run away from having to deal with the weight of what's going on around us. And here's the real issue with all this running. It's exhausting. Yeah. It's so tiring. Maybe you can identify with Jacob in the sense that, that you've been running, running after, running away, and maybe you're here in church today, even as we're saying, hey, lift up your hand and let's worship the Lord our God, you, but you're exhausted. You're tired. And, and of course, this isn't a message about being physically exhausted, although maybe that is the case, and, and come on, moms, like maybe you've got toddlers three and five, and you're about to take out a restraining order just to get a little peace. <laughs> You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you're just straight up in your 40s like me. And just, just by virtue of being in your 40s, sometimes you're tired. You, you, you know what I found out about, um, I just turned 41. You know what I found out is that when I was younger, I would get an injury and then like I would recover. Now I like, I could bang my elbow and I'm like, great, that's going to hurt for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just doesn't go away. So, so yes, maybe you're, you're physically exhausted, but this is not a message about something that a little bit more coffee can fix or some Red Bull or a good night's sleep. Maybe, maybe emotionally, deep down, you're tired, winded, can't catch your breath, tired on the inside. That's what happens sometimes when it's like we've spent a lifetime on the run. 
Well, everything's about to change for Jacob. And I want to say over your life today, in this very moment, everything's about to change for you. I want to say, Legacy Church, your running days are done. So, okay, I had to set it up a little bit so we could go to work. Is it, is it all right now if I, if I preach? Um, is, is it all right if I shout? Is, is it all right if, like, I spit? There's a good, there's a good little, you know, we're going to be all right? Okay. And, and I'm the kind of preacher, I don't mind if you, you know, preach back a little at me and say amen or, you know, that's good or... I, you know, I grew up in the kind of church where if you were really preaching, yet one of the older ladies might stand up and just kind of make that face like, you know, I mean, don't, don't be a weirdo, stick with the group, you know, but I don't mind if you, if you talk back a little bit. So, so, all right. So many years have passed now since this sort of fateful moment grabbing for this birthright from Esau and Jacob has lived them all on the run running from Esau, running from the feeling of, of not being enough, running, running from feeling like everybody else has something extra that, that was left out with Jacob. And now in Genesis 32, Jacob is about to meet with Esau, and, and this, this meeting with Esau has become unavoidable. Have you ever run from something and constantly had the feeling it's about to catch up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jacob hears Esau's coming to meet you, and, and oh, by the way, he's bringing hundreds of people, and Esau basically has an army. So verse 7, Jacob was in great fear and distress, the Bible tells us, because Jacob's saying, what I've been running from is about to catch up after all these years and all this time. So Jacob is sending out servants with gifts, you know, um, like, like, hey, does this help at all? Kind of, kind of like when, when you show up late or somebody's, somebody's mad at you and you kind of like bring them a coffee and you're like, hey, brought you a latte. It's got lavender in it. <laughs> Still mad? <laughs> so, so Jacob is sort of sending gifts and, 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 and trying to pacify. And, and then it says, Jacob went down to the river Jabbok and was left alone. For somebody, even today, maybe this season, is like your river Jabbok. Jabbok is where you get alone and it's just you and it's God. Jabbok is the place where you've tried everything else that you knew how to try and you've done everything else that you knew how to do and Jabbok is where you decide I've got to get a hold of God. And there's no doubt that Jacob was, was, was there alone with God at Jabbok telling, telling God, telling the Lord, you know this already, Esau is my issue. I've got an issue and my issue is Esau. Esau has been in my way since the moment I was born. Esau's been coming after me. Esau has been causing fear for me. And, and now once again, Esau is coming to overtake me and my family and, and to steal everything that's mine and overtake me in battle. It's Esau. That's, that's my problem. That's my trouble. That's my issue. God, you got to do something about Esau. And while Jacob was praying God do something about Esau, God was getting ready to do not something about Esau, but about Jacob. The issue wasn't ever Esau. It was was an issue that was on the inside. Because we come to God trying to diagnose ourselves, don't we? But then Jesus steps in as the great physician and has the right prescription. How often have we thought our issue was on the outside and that our issue was Esau? But then God comes and says, no, 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 no. Your real issue is on the inside. And if you'd let me deal with the inside, you'd know exactly what to do with your Esau. 
Because we think, oh God, if you, could, if you could calm the storm out there, I could have peace on the inside. And God flips it and says, no, if you could get peace on the inside, you could be like Jesus and step to the bow of your boat and speak to the storm and that peace would become something that gets on the outside. Our problem isn't Esau. Our problem isn't on the outside. It's, it's on the inside. It's, it's not out there. It's, it's in here. So, so watch me. Jacob was saying, I've got to deal with Esau. But God was saying, no, you've got to deal with you. I, I've got an Esau problem. No, no, you've got an inside problem. Jacob was saying, I've got, I've got too much Esau. But God was getting ready to say, no, you've got too much Jacob. <laughs> Jacob had spent a lifetime grabbing for more. But now the grabber was about to get grabbed by a holy God. Have you ever had God grab you? Have you ever had God get a hold of you? When I was 21 years old, I had, with no expectation, I had God just grab me. I had God get a hold of me and fill me with the Holy Spirit and give me a calling and Tell me about my purpose. I don't know. Have you ever had God just grab you? Yeah. Holy Spirit, thanks for helping me today. God is saying, you're not going to leave this encounter like you came in. By the time I get done wrestling with you and, and you with me, you're no longer going to have the same struggles that you once had. Can, can I say it like this? When you've wrestled with God... You'll no longer have to wrestle with anything else. When, when you've struggled in God's presence, you'll no longer be struggling with the same old problems. We're always going to have some problems, but you know what? I want upgraded problems. I don't want the same problems next year that I had last year. And I'm telling you, there's something about wrestling in God's presence that gets you some upgraded kind of problems. And, and, and it's a crazy account because this angel actually wrestles and fights with and struggles with Jacob. And, and, and I'm looking at this like they're not even in the same weight class. I mean, this angel might as well be Mike Tyson, you know, in, in his prime with the face tattoo and the crazy lisp and the lethal uppercut. And, and, and Jacob is like the, the 115 pound scrawny just standing in the corner, just scared like they're not in the same weight class. The, the Bible says in Psalm 8, we've been made lower than the angels. I mean, shoot, one angel slew 185,000 people, just done. But somehow with Jacob on this night, at this time, it was a draw. It was a tie. The NIV says, when the angel saw that Jacob could not be overpowered. I don't have an explanation for all of that. I don't know that we need one. But... But what is clear is that, that, please hear me, church, there is a desperation that will lead to your deliverance. You, you, know, you know you're done. You know you've decided. You, you know you're desperate when you wrestle with an angel and it's a draw. Jacob is saying, this can't be it. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of living like I've been living. I, I can't let my life pass by with, without it mattering. I, I refuse to leave without a change. I, I need something that I've been missing. Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. This was desperation. Yes. You, you know, 
with, with, our, with our walk with God, with, with our faith, it can't all be just kind of happy clappy, you know? Like, I, I, I love that stuff. I mean, Jara, you are, an, I, I love that, you know? But, but, but there's just something, there's just something about getting desperate. It, it can't all be just kind of, I got a coffee in one hand, and kind of when the when band hits the big chorus, I'm kind of like, there's just something about getting desperate enough it, 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 to say, God, God, I've got to meet with you. Yes. Yeah. It, it, was, it was, God, I won't leave until you put a hand on me so that my enemies are forced to take their hand off of me. I won't leave until in my spirit something gets settled. I won't leave until you bless me. Because, hey, if, if you can live without it, you probably will. There's something about a desperation. There is a desperation that will lead to your deliverance and it will usher you into your destiny. I'm talking to some desperate people today. I can feel it in the room. De desperate for God to do it in you. Desperate for God to do something even more through you. Desperate for God to bless you and help you and, 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 and to come alongside you. If anybody is looking, come on up to the hill where your help comes from. If anybody is done with trying everything else, if anybody is desperate, come on. There is a desperation that helps you into your destiny. I, I feel like God just can't help, just can't help but deliver the one that gets desperate. So the reality, of course, is that the angel could have killed Jacob at any moment. Um, God was never interested in destroying Jacob, but in delivering Jacob. And it's kind of like, you know, they do in the movies sometimes where when somebody's freaking out and, and then somebody just sort of holds on to them real tight until they finally calm down. In, in one way, Jacob was wrestling with God, but in another way, Jacob was wrestling with Jacob. And God will hold on to you while you fight. God will wrap arms around you while you fight until you come to the end of yourself. Then the angel touches the socket of Jacob's hip and Jacob is left with a limp. And Jacob now can't really move much, but is still holding on and says, I won't let you go until you bless me. And here's where it gets even more interesting. The angel says, what's your name? Why is this so significant? Because this is not the only time that Jacob has been asked that exact question. The last time Jacob was asked that question was by Isaac. Who is this? What is your name? And the last time the response was to pretend, to deceive, and to lie. And, and Jacob said, well, my name is Esau. It, it's me, Esau. And now the angel asks the exact same question, what's your name? And this time the answer isn't Esau, it isn't a lie, it's the truth. I'm Jacob. Which is to say, what well, this time, I'm here to deal with who I really am. Yeah. Uh -huh. The last time I was asked that question, I didn't admit that I was a deceiver. I couldn't admit that I was a liar. I was insecure, I was hurting, I was stuck in an inferiority complex that had me constantly comparing, scrolling through Instagram. Oh, I can't believe she has that. I can, oh, they got that house. And the last time I was asked that question, I did everything I could to manipulate and to hide and to mask. The last time I was asked that question, I hated who I was so much I didn't want to answer truthfully. Wow. 
Jacob wasn't just facing God that night at the river Jabbok. Jacob was facing Jacob. Come on, What's your name? I'm Jacob. Which is to say, I'm stuck. Which is to say, I don't know what to do next. Which is to say, I don't know if I've actually got what it takes to raise up these kids in this culture. Which is to say, God, I know you've called me, but I don't feel like enough. I'm fearful. I'm, I'm, bit, I'm bitter. I'm, I'm angry. It's, it's difficult for me for, to, to forgive in this moment. I, I'm Jacob. Because you can never truly get delivered if you're still attempting to deceive. God can't heal what you're trying to hide. And maybe the worst kind of deceiving is when we're attempting to deceive ourselves. So this time when asked, what's your name? The response was different. I'm Jacob. And then it's almost like the angel interrupts Jacob and says in verse 28, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel. Because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. What, what had Jacob, now Israel, overcome? When you overcome in the spirit, it always means what's coming next is you're going to overcome in your circumstances. When God can get you on the inside, you're going to overcome on the outside. You're no longer Jacob, but Israel. Yisrael. Favor with God and favor with people. Power with God, favor with people. So that night, Jacob walked away with a new name. So here it is. If, if you can get real with God about who you've been, then God can now release over your life the blessing of who you're called to be. In between who I've been and who I'm called to be is always an encounter with the glory and the power and the majesty of God. I've, 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 I wrestled with the Lord. I met with the Lord. God held on to me while I came to the end of myself. And... and, and, and and more than to be stuck inside myself, to be trapped in the same old ways, the same old patterns. Come on, is anybody sick of the same old proclivities, the same old habits? My background. Here's, here's what I want to say today. Inside every Jacob is an Israel waiting to be released. Inside every Saul of Tarsus is a Paul waiting to be renamed. Inside every addict is somebody waiting to be renamed overcomer. Inside every person with issues that nothing seems to fix is somebody waiting to be renamed one who fights by faith. I'm telling you, church, inside every Jacob is an Israel waiting to be renamed. What have they called you? What have you called yourself? Ah, but here's what really matters. What God calls you. And you can walk away in the spirit with a brand new name. You're no longer Jacob, but Israel. Blessed by God and favor with people. Doors are going to open for you. A way of favor is going to be made wide. And, and God's going to do it in your life. And, and for all his life. Jacob had been running after a blessing. Wanting Esau's blessing. Wanting Esau's birthright. Running after the blessing. And Jacob was always going after what somebody else seemed to have. But, but see here, this time, Jacob was getting this blessing. Watch me. Straight from the source. Uh -huh. 
you, you, don't, you don't need what anybody else has when you know what God has. Hey, look, you'll, you'll never waste another moment wanting to be them if you get a glimpse of who God has made you to be. I won't let you go till you bless me. It turns out the, the real blessing wasn't more cattle, more sheep, land, property, wealth, cars, clothes. The real blessing isn't, isn't any, any of that, the promotion, the boat, the popularity, the ministry everybody knows about, the fame, the relationship. The, the real blessing isn't any of that. The real blessing is knowing who you really are. The angel says, you're not who you think you are. You're, you're not who your parents called you. They got it wrong. You, you, you thought you need to trick everybody into believing you're, you're somebody you're not. Jacob had been doing what, what so many of us do. We, we look in cracked mirrors, broken mirrors, mirrors like what somebody said about us or mirrors like what we've been through and and, 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 and the past that we've lived out. And, and that's why the Bible comes along and calls itself a mirror. It's the only mirror you'll ever look in and see a clear reflection of who you really are. If you knew who you really were, that God le left nothing out, that, that there's, there are no parts left in the box, that you've been fearfully and wonderfully made. If you knew who you really are, you'd stop wanting to be like them. You're no longer Jacob. But Israel, which is to say, watch me, you did that, but you're not that. Just because you did that, hey, you're not that. I said you did that, but you're not that. The, the real blessing is when your past no longer has the power to define your self-perspective. Some of, some of us have let our past prophesy for long enough. What you've been through, your family history, the addiction you got caught up in, the mistakes you made, the darkness that you've lived through, your past is not your prophecy. God's promises are your prophecy. And God says you've got a future that's bright. You've and, and, and the real blessing was that Jacob was finally seeing himself how God had seen him all along. The, the blessing is when we catch up. Oh, God, that's how you've always seen me. Yeah. Uh -huh. God, that's who you've always called me. Yeah. You, you did it, but you're not it. Here's what Jacob really came out of this encounter with. What I've been called to has a greater pull on my life than what I've went through. It, it, it's time to let the promise have a louder voice than your past. Yeah. It, it was like Jacob was saying, it, it was worth the struggle. It was... It was worth the fight. It was worth those years and wrestling through the night to find out who I really am. It's interesting, though. Um, are we doing all right? Yeah. It's interesting, though, that this whole account is an account full of, full of contrast. Because Jacob, now called Israel by God, all throughout the rest of his life, is actually still, this is very interesting to me, still called both these names, interchangeably even. Sometimes in the same passage of scripture even. Yeah. Sometimes it's Jacob, sometimes it's Israel. All the way to the grave, called both these names, sometimes in the same sentence. One moment, somebody will call him Jacob. Another moment, somebody will call him Israel. 
Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm reading it and I'm like, I, I thought you had a new name. And, and I'd be like, hey, God gave me a new name. You better call me by my, my new name. That's, you know what I mean? I'd go straight down to Social Security, change my name. Why though? Why, why is it this way? Because, because he'll always have a Jacob background. It's just that now he has an Israel blessing. Some, sometimes they call him Jacob because he's still got background. But sometimes they call him Israel because his background no longer has him. Sometimes they call him Jacob because he still has a past. But sometimes they say, yeah, 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 but you're Israel because I can tell your past no longer has you. Come on, can anybody testify in church? Your past no longer has a grip on you. Your shame no... Yeah, he's got a background, but his background don't have him. I came to preach to some people that have a Jacob background, but an Israel blessing. I don't deserve it, but I have it. I didn't earn it, but God gave it to me. I've got a background, but more powerful than that, I've got a blessing. And when the fight was through, the angel, who, who by the way, many Bible scholars um, we would point to the fact that this is actually a theophonic appearance of Christ, meaning it's actually Jesus showing up in the pages of the Old Testament. Much like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Into the fire they had to go. And there was a fourth man with the likeness as of the Son of God. Jesus showing up in the Old Covenant. And so when dawn was breaking, when the wrestling was done, it was all over. It says the man who, as I said, most likely was Christ, the Jesus touches Jacob's hip. So they both walk down the mountain now. But Jacob is, is walking with a limp. Walks with a limp for the rest of his life. Never recovered, but walked with a limp. And, and a limp isn't something you can hide, even if you try. You know, you know what people notice when you've been with God? People are going to notice when you've met with God, when you've encountered God. Remember, Esau's on the way. Jacob's walking down the mountain. Esau, with hundreds of fighters, is, is on the way. Jacob is under the assumption Esau is coming to kill me. And now has this, this issue of a limp. How am I going to fight? How, how am I going to do what I've always done, how am I going to run? Now I've got to live. You feel the tension in the text? Jacob is, has been running for a lifetime, has been, has been running for a lifetime, but now has a limp. Guess what you can't do with a limp? You can't run. As much as this is a passage about what God can do, it's now become also a passage about what Jacob can't do. Yeah. Have you ever had God stop you? Stop you from getting into the school that you wanted to go to and that you had the grades to get into, but somehow they didn't let you in? Stop you from having a relationship with the person you were thinking was the one? And come on, then years later you find them on Facebook and you're like, oh, thank you, God, you delivered me. 
you ever had God stop you from getting a job that you were actually overqualified to get? See, 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 what I found out is that God will stop you from being able to move in one part of your life so that he can move in every other part of your life. Let, let me say it like this. God will give you a limp in one area so that you can experience abundant life in every other area. Because God goes to work through the places that I am weak. My strength will be made perfect in your weakness. God, God said to tell you, Legacy Church, your running days are done. Because stick with me and, and, and then I'm done. I don't know if the band wants to come. But, 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 but stick with me for just a moment. Um, maybe there was a side of Jacob, now called Israel, but, but Jacob, but, but Israel, as Esau was on the way, they were saying, Esau's coming, you better run like you always do. But, but, but then when, when the Jacob side said, you better go on the run, the Israel side said, no, you're going to stand your ground. When the Jacob side of you says, it's all crashing down, you should just doubt God and turn. Then all of a sudden the Israel side rises up and says, no, you will believe the Lord your God and every promise will come to pass. When, when, when the Jacob side tries to run and the doctor gives you a report and says you're sick and I don't know what to do and it, it looks like it's bad. When the Jacob side of you tries to run, all of a sudden the Israel side rises up and says the Lord your God, Jehovah Rapha, is still your healer and has a better report. Because the Bible talks about the fact that, that I've still got flesh even though I now walk by faith. So I've still got some Jacob, but my new name is Israel. And the challenge now is to never let Jacob be louder than Israel. Am I preaching to anybody? Israel says, stand your ground. Israel says, God is faithful. Israel says, you've been called. Israel says, if it's not complete, then God isn't finished. Israel says, stay right where you are. Your running days are done. The Jacob side says, you better hide. But then the Israel side says, no. Greater is he that is in, you can handle it. What you've been running from, you're about to face. Power with God, favor with people, your running days are done. Now I wanted to give you one more verse because this is so good. When I found this, I got excited, you know. I don't think it was just the coffee, I think it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Jacob limps out to meet Esau. And I, I want to read this, this one verse, Genesis 33 and verse, verse 4. It says, but Esau ran to meet Jacob. What was the old impulse? What was the go-to move? What was the default reaction? To run. But God had touched Jacob. Jacob came out the other side of a God encounter different. And now even though Esau ran toward him, Jacob couldn't run away next part of the verse says Esau ran to meet Jacob and didn't kill him didn't steal everything from him didn't destroy him but says embraced him wrapped his arms around his neck kissed him and they wept and he blessed him there what was God doing all along God was saying I've got to stop you because you've been running from your own healing and your own blessing
what was once a burden Jacob would have ran from was now the blessing that Jacob was benefiting from. Your running days are done. Here's my conviction that I preach to you under today. When, when you've met with God face to face, out of that, there remains nothing that you can't face. Because Jesus prophesied this, this life in this broken world is going to be hard. But take heart, I've overcome. Once you've met with God face to face, there's nothing you can't face. There's a God encounter. I, I've spent many years now pursuing the Lord, walking with the Lord. During that time when I had just been, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, I was, I was just hungry for God, I was thirsty for God, you know. And um, I, all, I, all I had back in the day was TBN. I don't know if y'all remember TBN, I think it's still around, but that was just sort of the go-to. We didn't, we, YouTube didn't exist, I'm old, I don't, I mean, maybe it did, I didn't know about it if it did. And there was this preacher on TBN, and, and they'd, they'd call people up on the platform, these massive evangelistic events, they'd call people up on the platform, people were being healed and set free, and, and they'd lay hands on people, and the power of God would hit them. And, and I'm, I'm watching TV, and I'm like, God, I, I want to meet with you like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't really know it, I didn't know how to, you know, kind of navigate through it, but it was actually God spoke to me. And I just, I just had something in me that said, I, I want you to go to one of, it was a crusade, I want you to go to one of those crusades and you're gonna meet with me there. So I waited until this evangelist came, it was actually to Portland. And I talked to a friend into driving me over because I, I don't think my car would have made it. And, and I had it in my heart, I said, God, I'm gonna meet with you here, but I gotta get up on that platform. That evangelist gonna lay, lay hands on me. I'm gonna meet, I'm, I want the power of God to come on my life like that, like I, like I saw on TV. So I thought, well, let's get close to the platform so we'll join the choir. They had this big, like, multiple hundreds of people choir, you know? And uh, we didn't know any, they were singing these old songs. We didn't know any of the songs. I'm just up there, just, just excited to be in the room, you know? And they had these long services. They were like four or five hours a piece. It was three days long. It was awesome. We saw people get about wheelchairs. Blind eyes open. We worshiped. But in my heart, I kept saying, I'd sit through the service and say, God, but I can't believe with you. God, I can see all that on TV, you know? I was a young punk, so I was saying that kind of stuff. And I felt like I gotta get on that platform and I'm gonna meet with you, God. So right towards the end of the last, the final service, they made a call and they said, if anybody's in, in youth ministry, um, come, come down pray for you and minister to you and, and I had talked to my pastor and let me do this kind of young adults group I said that, that counts enough that's good enough so I got up from my from my chair where I was in this choir but we were in a coliseum and in order to get down to the the floor and then up to the platform I had to go out the back door run all the way around these huge hallways then down the stairs and then then up you, you get what I'm saying so so have you ever been just desperate for God I was, I was desperate for God level where I stood up and, and I'm not talking about I was like kind of like briskly making my I'm talking about I was fully running I was pushing old ladies over <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> running 
sprinting, running through this auditorium. Because I said in my heart, I said, God, I gotta go. if I get on that platform, God, your power's going to come on my life. I want to meet with you, God. I want to encounter with you. And so I made my way down the floor. I, I was out of breath, you know. And, and by the time I kind of looked up and, and, and saw where I was, there was already hundreds, maybe thousands of people. They were kind of thronging around the platform. So I said, well, I'll just kind of work my way through. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta get just like slightly rude in church, you know what I mean? So I was kind of just like working in like this. And people are glaring at me, I'm like, it's, it's all right, God told me. You know what I mean? I was just kind of, just kind of shoving my way in. And, and then still saying to myself, I gotta get on that platform. But also realizing that's not gonna happen. All of a sudden, as I was sort of working my way through this crowd, I've shared this story a few times here and there. And every time I do, um, although I'm a preacher, I fail to articulate the way that I met with God in that moment. And it was like, God said, you don't, you don't need to get to the platform, I'm right here. And it, it, it kind of felt like Somehow my spirit got plugged into the electricity of heaven. Wow. I, I mean, I, I'm not talking about like, oh, it's like a, like a, I'm talking about electric power. I'm talking about the glory of God felt like a weight on me until I couldn't move. And I met with God in a way where the, the resurrection of the Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, since that moment until this very moment, it is as real to me as Pastor Tony sitting in this seat. And I share, I share all of that to say, there's just a desperation that God can't help but look upon. And on the other side of that encounter, you will have a new name and be a different person than you once were. I'm thankful you're in this church. In, in this service and in this setting because there's lots of churches you can go to and have a huge like play fortress for the kids or whatever but but here's what I believe in this church you stick around you plug in you get your roots in the ground this, this is the kind of church this is the kind of atmosphere where you can meet with God and get a new name yes. Yes. can we stand to our feet I just want to pray for you and then I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Tony. God, I pray for the one right now that's exhausted, that's tired on the inside, that's been on the run. Running from mistakes or shame or running after. God, I just, I need something more. I'm, there's something that I'm missing. And I pray right now, oh God, Make it like a holy moment in this house. I pray right now in the wonderful name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you would fall fresh on every thirsty person. I release encounter with God over Legacy Church in the name of Jesus. Would you maybe just want to lift out your hands or just put yourself in a place, God, I'm, I've come to meet with you.
It's all right to get a little desperate. It's all right to be hungry for God. I'm meeting with you, Jesus. I'm meeting with you. To come out of even this moment, knowing how to stand on promises. Knowing how to not turn tail and run every time the enemy tries to mess with you, but to stand your ground. Oh, I've met with God face to face. Therefore, there's nothing in the strength of Christ I can't face. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I thank you for it, Lord. And God, I speak over this house, that this church, this ministry. God, we continue to be marked by the power of your presence. I pray that even as people are driving onto the property, they would sense something different. What I, what I shared yesterday, I'll share right now. People in this city are already talking, but they're going to continue to talk even more. There's something about that church. In that church, you can meet with the living God. And I thank you for it. I give you praise for it. We pray in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, everybody said amen. 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 Come on, can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise? Thank you. Thank you once again for joining us today. We hope today's message encouraged you, challenged you, and caused your faith to grow. If you enjoyed today's message, we highly encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. That way you don't miss out on any future messages. To get to know us, to get connected with us, and to know how you can best partner with us, head to our website, LegacyChurchID.com, or come see us in person at our campus in Meridian, Idaho. We look forward to connecting with you. May God bless you and have a great rest of your day.